Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie, it's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, this is pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hello, 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 hello. This is Thanksgiving Eve, the 23rd of November. This is the Locked On NFL Podcast. I am Matt Williamson. You know who you are, and we chat every day. I need you to spread the word to get more than more people out there to join this conversation with us. And I hope everyone is either chilling at work and winding down, or has a half day, or doing some leisurely things, or prepping to host a big group of people. Um, tomorrow should be a fantastic holiday, as always. And for me, it's as much a work day as it is a holiday. But as you can imagine, I'm extremely thankful for the job I have. I mean, it's one of the things besides family and health and all those wonderful things that everyone should be help, you know, be thankful for. Um, so thankful that I get to not only talk to you guys every day for a living, but that someone values my opinion in, the, in something that I love this much to actually make a living doing this. And I don't have to have a real job. I mean, I haven't worked, quote, in 13, 14 years. So... Uh, it's one of the things I am most thankful for, and, and I'm thankful for you. You know, I'm pretty excited to chat with you today. Our plan for the day, as I mentioned yesterday, we're going to preview the three Thanksgiving games. And it's a pretty good slate. You know, usually Thanksgiving games can be blah, especially when Detroit was bad for all those years, but at least got to watch Barry Sanders. Um, and I'm going to take some uh, Twitter questions for you. Thanksgiving Eve Twitter as opposed to Thursday Twitter. Twitter Thursday. Twitter, Thanksgiving Eve, whatever that means. Okay, here we go. It's leading it off. We got the Vikes at the Lions. A massively important game for obvious reasons, you know, to win the bad NFC North. Sure, the Packers could go crazy the second, you know, the, the remainder of the season, and Aaron Rodgers could put the team on his back, but... There's bad things going on in Green Bay. I mean, it's uh, it's not their year. They, they've got issues. So I think it comes down to these two teams. And I really think that the winner of this game is clearly, I mean, a big step ahead of the rest in terms of leader in the clubhouse to go to the postseason. So massive playoff implications. I just don't see a lot of points in this game, though. And... You say that with every Vikings game, and uh, yes, last week they put up a lot of points, and uh, if, and I always say the same thing about Minnesota, of course, if the defense and special teams scores touchdowns, they're going to be hard to beat, but you can't predict that. I mean, that's, I know that they're excellent in that, <laughs> that capacity, and they have a lot of talent on defense and a good returner and those things, but they're so dependent on that to win games, I just don't see that being... You know, something that's sustainable, of course, or something that's predictable. So, I'm taking the Lions in this game. Um, I look at when the Vikings have the ball and very little running game. You know, Ansa has not been the beast that he usually is yet, but maybe the best is yet to come. It doesn't really matter who they play. I don't really trust Minnesota to protect Bradford 
although they've schemed things up pretty well to get the ball out of his hands very quickly. Take note of that when you're sitting there uh, watching the games. I don't think either of these quarterbacks will hold the ball long at all. I think both of them will get it out very quick, especially considering how bad Minnesota protects and how well they rush the passer. So I think that'll be a huge part of both game plans is get the ball out of your hands. Um, Diggs isn't 100%, and I think he's clearly their best weapon, no doubt. And I th- I don't think Slay will follow him to the slot, and you see Diggs a lot in the slot now. But I do think he'll see a fair amount of Slay, and Slay is an excellent corner that you maybe don't know about. But Darius Slay for the Lions is one of the better corners in the league. Um but I'm curious on Diggs' health situation and how that all plays out. So maybe he can exploit some slot coverage. I don't know that he can get the better of Slay. How healthy is it? Short week. Um, and again, I just don't see the Vikes running the ball. You look at the other side of the ball, and I like Bradford, but I'd like Stafford more. You know, I, I trust him in a close game. In the fourth quarter, where I expect you know whoever makes a play or ever has the big drive late in the game uh, wins this game, I certainly trust the Lions more for that. Uh, I don't know that Detroit will do much on the ground either, but I think that they can again get the ball out quick. I really like the way Ebron is playing. I think he's a big difference maker. That's you know a nice um, you know, piece to this puzzle. It's, it's a quality, he's turning into a quality tight end. The talent's always been there. It takes tight ends a while. But I think they can dink and dunk you to death with Riddick, Ebron, Tate. Tate's been getting a lot of uh, targets lately as well. Maybe take a deep shot here and there to Jones. Oh, it would surprise me if either team has a lot of success on offense or converts a lot of big plays. But I just trust the Lions, their quarterback, being at home more than I trust the Vikings offense by far. And, I mean, how do you pick against the Lions on Turkey Day? you got to pick the Lions on Thanksgiving. Progressive brings you Flowetry with Flow. When Flow flows, she flows in the know. Mind ruminates the rates. Shown them all, I heed the call. Seeing the rest, I choose the best. Sometimes it's ours, sometimes it's not. When the fox walks, is it called a fox trot? That's a real question. Compare Progressive Direct rates with competitors' rates. Visit Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. All right, all right. Another really good matchup. Dallas-Washington. I really like what's going on in Washington. I've come around big time on Kirk Cousins. Clearly, he's worked very hard on his craft. I like Washington's run game much better than I expected to. And I think they'll run on Dallas. I think they'll control the line of scrimmage against Dallas's defense. I think they might convert a big play or two, probably off-play action. Although Dallas is probably going to look at this as they usually do of don't allow big plays, get a lot of people to the ball, tackle, you know, make any offense sustain long drives against their defense. And Washington's capable, no doubt. And Jordan Reed causes problems and Deshaun Jackson taking the top off and they're not lacking for weapons. So I see Washington putting up points. 
can they win the time of possession battle? Can they beat Dallas at their own game and be the more physical team, you know, with a great running game and shots off that and some quarterback friendly passing? Um, that's both of these guys' scripts. And that's not a knock on either quarterback, but that's the facts. Yeah, they can win this game by doing those things. I just don't think they will enough because the other side of the ball really favors Dallas. And that's not a knock on Washington's defense at all. I mean, I'm sure we'll see Norman on Dez. That's a great matchup. I mean, that's worth price of admission in itself. I think that'll be an awful lot of fun to watch. Norman's playing well. Dez is back to being Dez. Um, The pass rush for Washington is much underrated. You know, if you're not familiar with Preston Smith and Kerrigan and Murphy and those guys, I mean, they're a good pass rushing unit, except I like Dallas's O-line better. (laughs) You know, I mean, it's like, yeah, and they might get the Prescott. They might cause uh, cause him to rush things and... Sue Cravens, I, I like his matchup against Witten, although he's a rookie against a you know Hall of Fame veteran. But he's a good player, and he's a good athlete. And the middle of the field, I think, won't be easy pickings for Dallas. But I just keep coming back to Dallas's running game. And I think they'll run on the skins. And Washington's run defense is better than last year when it was really bad. But it's not good. And that's, that's, that's the death nail, man. I mean... Going into Dallas on a national stage, trying to shut down Elliott and that O-line with average run defense on a good day, I think that's too much. So, I got the, tr- I got the two home teams, the, the two turkey uh, hosts every year. And then we got the night game, and this is a bummer. I mean, as you guys know, I mean, uh, the Steelers are my team, and uh, I grew up a Steelers fan, and everyone around here is, and you know, my kids wear Big Ben jerseys, and... Um, but more so than that, I'm an, an NFL analyst and a fan of the game overall and, you know, on a national stage. I was really excited to see Big Ben versus Luck against two troubled defenses. I was thinking shootout galore, 40-38, to 38, you know, Hilton burning the secondary and Moncrief and... Uh, maybe Dorsett getting loose, and uh, Indy's pretty healthy on that side of the ball. Gore always gets his, and, you know, what do they do against Antonio Brown, and Davis is banged up, and can they get the Roethlisberger, and what's their answer for Bell, and uh, Ben and Luck just going back and forth, shootout madness. And I feel like we're robbed of that, because it's as we sit here at 1 o'clock on Wednesday, Seems highly, highly unlikely that Luck is going to play. And I really hope they don't risk his health just to get him on the field. And obviously this is a crucial game for them in a tight division. Um, They need the win. uh, But super short week, I don't think you rush him out there. He's too, too damn important for the, you know, he's the whole franchise. And I really think this team would be a like a two-win team this year without luck if they just had average quarterback play. He's playing that well. I think he's playing better than Roethlisberger, actually. And he's playing top three, top four type level quarterback right now. You know, Ben is too, but Ben's had more ups and downs and injuries and stuff. Um, but we're getting Scott Tolzien. So uh, could the Steelers lay an egg against an inferior opponent on the road as they often and sometimes always do? Sure. But 
you know, you look around the league, and I don't, I can't say I have a elaborate, in-depth scouting report on Scott Tolzien, except for, you know, I, I can't say I've watched a bazillion hours of his tape, um, but he's a very limited player. The, because of what they pay Luck and as much as they faith and trust in him, they, they can't afford to have an expensive backup, and uh, that makes perfect sense. you got to cut corners somewhere in today's NFL, um, but their backup situation is as bad as any is in the league. I mean, I, I, I absolutely believe that. I mean, after Luck, I mean, it's a, a canyon drop-off. I mean, colossal. So I take the Steelers in this one. While they often do play down to opponents on the road that are lesser than them, they're always pretty tough in prime time, too. And they know everyone's watching. It's a key game for them. Um, I, I think that Tolzien is the difference here. But if Luck were playing or if he were is to start miraculously, I think I would take the Colts. Uh, I really think that that's that big of a difference for me. In the meantime, I just don't think Indy's you know, can make the throws. I think they just get so much easier to defend. Napa know how. It takes a lot to get excited about a bag, but most bags can't save you 20% on auto parts. That's 20% off headlamps, 20% off oil filters, 20% off virtually anything you can fit inside the 99-cent Napa reusable bag. So tell your buddies, there's a bag they just have to check out. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores while supplies last. Minimum three items. Exclusions apply. Offer ends 10-31-17. All right. Thanksgiving Eve Turkey Day Twitter. Matt Dillon. Matt J. Dillon. I'm sure it's not the Matt Dillon. Maybe it is. I do have a handful of uh, rather famous people that follow me on Twitter, which is pretty cool. Um, but Matt J. Dillon, I assume he puts that J in there so we don't get confused that he's, uh, you know, the dude from Something About Mary. But anyways, he asks, how do you rank the existing, exiting, okay, I'm sorry, I misread that, the exiting generation of great wide receivers? And we kind of talked about this before, you know, that it's a, obviously receivers are an elite group now. I think the bar has gone up a little in terms of what it takes to get in the Hall of Fame. But he lists, how many guys he lists here? He lists one, two, three, four, five, six, seven players that he wants me to rank. And that's Brandon Marshall, Anquan Bolden, Steve Smith, and we talked about him quite a bit yesterday, um, Reggie Wayne, Andre Johnson, Larry, and Megatron. And I guess there's two ways of looking at this is who has the best case of these guys for, you know, to get in the hall of fame. If you're to rank like their chances or their percentages to get in the hall of fame, who's got the best resumes. And then I think the other way of looking at it is if I'm a league average corner, how do I want to go? Who do I want to play against the most and the least, you know, and that's two different questions because if you have a short career, your Hall of Fame status is hard to justify, but you don't want to play against them. So, in terms of how I would rank these guys as Hall of Famers, I think Larry's easily number one and has as strong a case as any wide receiver not named Rice to go to the Hall of Fame. I think Calvin is two. Andre Johnson is three. 
Steve Smith is four. Reggie Wayne is five. Marshall is six. Bolden is seven. And someone's going to tweet me and say, dude, Bolden's better than that. And Bolden's great. And his numbers are unbelievable and his longevity and his toughness. And I want him on my team. But he's not as dynamic as most of these guys. And I understand his value to a football team. And I understand the sacrifices and the way he plays the game. And I love all those things. But he's easily last of that group for me. In terms of who do I least want to go against if I'm a corner, I think Calvin's at the top of the list. I mean, he might be number one ever. With all respect to Jerry Rice, the GOAT. I mean, imagine playing, you're 5'9", 5'10", 190-pound corner, lining up on Calvin Johnson for 60 minutes. Are you kidding me? I mean, and he's faster than you? <laughs> and he's he might be the hardest cover of all time. Uh, he's one. Then I'm torn between Andre Johnson and Fitzgerald in terms of who do I want to cover. Andre's more gifted, I think. Larry's more refined, more consistent. I think I would rank them Calvin, Andre, Larry. And they're all superstars, and they're all nightmares to cover. Then I would go Smith. Would you rather cover Brandon Marshall or Reggie Wayne? I think I'd rather cover Reggie Wayne. You know, maybe he eats you up, but Marshall beats you up. And Bolden's last. I'm sorry, but this is a really good group of receivers, but he's last on my list in this group in all capacities. And Again, I'd love to have him. All right, MJ Thrill. My man Carlos Danger asked, Thoughts on Terrence Newman at age, 18, or at age 38 having such a great year? This isn't talked about enough, man. This guy is a freak. You know, he's 38. I mean, I'm not much older than him. And he's still playing well. And, you know, at a position where quickness and athleticism and speed and being able to get off your feet and get up in the air is extremely important. And I think it's easy to forget when he entered the league, he was a very high draft pick with, with phenomenal combine numbers at the time. It was so long ago, I think people forget. Or you know, there's been a generation of, you know, kids or younger 20, you know, un, you know, under 30 people that don't remember when he came out of school because it was so long ago. I mean, it was, what, like 18, 17 years ago or whatever. Um, but yeah, he came in, in the league as a freak athlete and that's helped him sustain it. But, you know, usually if a, if a defensive back plays into their mid-30s or whatever, a lot of times it's a switch to safety. You know, you're looking at a guy like Revis who's falling off. Uh, this is a phenomenal story and one of the more amazing feats that I think is currently going on in the league big picture. Uh, Dan F. Dan with the F. At Dan with the F. Asked me, does AP coming back do anything to jumpstart the Vikings offense? And then in parentheses, he says, I highly doubt it. Well, I don't know if he's going to come back or not. If he will, it'll be late in the season. You know, uh, you would think even if they lose to Detroit, and we talked about that, that they will still at least be in the hunt. What kind of player will Peterson be? Upon returning, will he need a game or two to get his you know football legs under him? 
And honestly, he wasn't impressive before his injury this year. And I'm not blaming him for that. But he's getting up in age, too. I mean, the cliff's coming at some point. His blocking's just so bad. I mean, they, he had nowhere to go. But he couldn't hurt. <laughs> I mean, it couldn't hurt to add him to the equation. I mean, at least that defensive coordinators might honor the run game more with him in there. I mean, he's at his best, and he still might be at his best. He's done really well with some poor blocking lines. And he's the type of guy, too, that, you know, the, the defense plays it right. He makes a guy, he runs over somebody, and then he runs past a lot of people for a 50-yard gain. And does he still have that ability? I don't know, but last we saw him, he did. So, yes, does he do anything to jumpstart the offense? Sure. I mean, the play-action game would be stronger. You would have to think defenses put more people in the box. Um, But I don't think all of a sudden it becomes a good offense or, you know, he looks like a pro bowler running behind that line. You know, any thing but you know so it would be great i'd love to see him show up in week 14 15 whatever play well and kickstart this team a little bit put put them on their back so to speak with the defense playing well i guess those things are possible um but i'm not too excited about it folks this is great i will not be around tomorrow Uh, i would think you're not listening to podcasts anyways tomorrow hang with your fam Have a fantastic Thanksgiving. If you're out to bars tonight, be careful. Um, And we will reconvene Friday for a mega show. You know, we're going to talk about all three games that happened. And we're going to preview all the ones to come. So, good stuff. Go to iTunes. Write me a review. Spread the word on the Locked On NFL Network. Take care. It takes a lot to get excited about a bag, but most bags can't save you 20% on auto parts. That's 20% off headlamps, 20% off oil filters, 20% off virtually anything you can fit inside the 99-cent Napa reusable bag. So tell your buddies, there's a bag they just have to check out. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa auto parts stores while supplies last. Minimum three items. Exclusions apply. Offer ends 10 17